Welcome to the Doodle Kisses podcast, an extension of doodlekisses.com. I'm your host, Adina Pearson. Doodlekisses.com is the social network for Labradoodle and Golden Doodle owners, wannabe owners, and the doodle curious. The goal of this podcast is to provide education, entertainment, and connect with our Doodle Kisses members on the topic of Labradoodles, Golden Doodles, and dogs in general. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about something important. I've been having so much fun doing these podcasts, interviewing interesting people, and learning along with you. I really don't want to stop. However, producing a podcast takes time and money. I am 100% willing to put in the time, but I don't have podcast production skills, and so that task has to be farmed out and paid for. This is where you come in. If you're getting anything out of listening to these podcasts, please consider supporting the Doodle Kisses podcast financially. If every single one of you listeners who have listened to at least one episode gave $1, we could cover the production of four more podcast episodes at least. If you gave $5, well, we'd be done fundraising for the year. So please go check out our GoFundMe page. Now, if you're not the tipping kind or aren't in a position to make a donation, consider shopping through our Amazon link. You probably already shop Amazon.com. If you shop through our link, every time you buy something, we get a small commission and it doesn't cost you a penny extra. The links for both of these options are in the show notes for this episode. Okay, so today I'm bringing you my conversation with Dawn from the Seattle Barkery. She runs a coffee and dog treat bakery on wheels with three locations in the Seattle area. She doesn't have a doodle herself, but meets many of them through her business. Today, you're going to learn how she went from being afraid of dogs to running two different dog-related businesses. We'll also do some myth-busting about doodles. Enjoy the episode. Don, thanks so much for being here on the Doodle Kisses podcast. Thanks for having me. So I've already introduced you, but um, I want to know your history with dogs. Did you have dogs growing up? Um, you know, this my family still teases me for it. Um, we had one dog, and this will age me a bit, and my brother named him Rambo. Um, so you could tell what was popular at the time. Um, he was a black lab and now knowing what I know, um, we didn't do right by Rambo. Uh, he didn't get much in the way of anything but backyard time. This was the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, table scrap and he had a beautiful pen that my dad made and we would play with him, especially when he was a puppy but nobody really trained him. He didn't really have any rules and it got out of control. My dad had a coworker who was an avid uh, bird hunter and he ended up uh, taking him from us. And I was devastated. But then my mom said, you don't spend much time with him. You're always, you know, I was like, well, that's true. So that was only one go of it. And then my grandparents had a Sharpay named Winston who was, uh, we weren't supposed to look him in the eyes. Oh no, <laughs> that's <laughs> hard. In our backs when we, if he approached us, and so those were my only two child. Oh, and my best friend got knocked off her bike and bit on the butt. 
by a Doberman. So those are like my three childhood experiences with the dog. So I was terrified of dogs. I was always just real as an adult too, well into my twenties. And then I met my husband and he had a big um, St. Bernard Collie mix, well over a hundred pounds named George. And I thought, Oh my God, this dog is (laughs) huge. And um, he was such a gentle giant. And it was so easy and just so easy to have around. I thought dogs can be like this. I just can't believe it. Yeah. So I am. And then we broke up. So we were just dating. We broke up and I went and adopted a little Pekingese named Sadie. And um, then I've been hooked on dogs ever since. We obviously got back together and we owned a dog walking service. Um, And then the Barkery was spawned from there. So, yes. I love hearing how people came to like dogs, you know, when they, we were like that too in eighties and nineties and earlier we had backyard dogs and I would, with one particular German shepherd, I would go out there sometimes on purpose. I'm going to play with my dog. And then I'd feel really like slobbered on and gross and I'd have to shower. And I'm like, how pathetic. (laughs) Like, oh, I got so touched by the dog hair and licks and all this stuff. But I was the only one who actually made an effort to go out there. Half the time, my dog scared me, even though I don't think any of them were aggressive, but just as a yeah. little kid, not knowing. Did you ever, with the Sharpay, did you ever, like, as a kid, like, think, ooh, what if I make eye contact? What's going to happen? Like, did you ever, like, sneak your eyes? Because he would, like, he was so protective of my grandparents. And my grandparents will still, like, my grandma, they're still alive. And she tears up at the thought of Winston because she feels Aww. they do right by him. And they had dogs growing up their whole lives and my dad's whole life. Um, but my dad just, ne- we never had one. He's kind of a neat freak. So maybe that has something to do with it. But, um, yes, Rambo, like he would jump, you know, just being a dog that didn't know any better, but you know, knocking you down is scary as a kid and oh, yeah. think you're going to be bit. And <laughs> so, yeah, no, Winston, no, like Christmases. I remember my cousins and I would like be facing the corner <laughs> opening. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, they on the loose, but um, they ended up uh, giving him away as well. And my grandma just still feels terrible about it because it's not their fault. You know, it, they were let down by humans on both of these occasions. But I think Rambo went on to have a, a great life with lots of activity. So that's good. Uh, much more glad. enjoyable than our backyard. So fast forward to now, you have Seattle's Barkery, right? Is that yep. the yeah. name? Um, and how, how did you go from, oh yeah, dogs are kind of cool to like, we're going to make a bakery for, for dog owners to feed their dogs. It's hard to believe myself still. Um, we, so we got back together, George and Sadie were our dogs. We ended up getting married. We were both going to school and we were both kind of not loving the career paths we chose, um, him education and, um, I design. And then my friend, our friend had a dog walker and she was like, Oh my gosh, she makes, you know, so much money. She makes like 20 bucks a dog per day. And it's like, what? (laughs) Um, that's crazy. And all she does is play with dogs. And we had a newly adopted, um, Australian shepherd mix who we were taking to the dog park two or three times a day just to get him manageable. It's like, why not put out some flyers in the neighborhood and we can get paid to take him and a couple pals to the park. And um, that snowballed and we had a business called 
assembly of dog for seven years. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes, it was great. We loved it. We still see some of our old clients are still around. Uh, Bernie, who got us to start the business, has since passed away. Um, and then during that time, and you may remember this, like the earlier Obama years, uh, there were like quote unquote organic treats, um, especially at Costco, chicken jerky that dogs really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, and there was all these treats that were made in China saying organic, all natural, but they were none of those things. And dogs' throats were being sliced and um, they were had poisons in them and dogs were dying with these treats that you thought were like really great. And I was buying those. I thought they were great. And I was giving them to my dogs. I was giving to, um, them to dogs we were watching or caring for. And then it's like, Oh my gosh, like what if one of these treats gets recalled and you know, or what if, you know, something horrible happens. So it's just like, how hard can dog treats be? You know, I can mess around in the kitchen and see what I can come up with. And it's a little harder than I thought it would be because they're very honest. If they don't like it, they're just not going to have it. So we had a lot of trial and error and then we had a few successes and um, I started leaving them for clients and they're like, Oh, he loves those treats. Can I, where'd you get it? And it's like, Oh, I just made them. <laughs> and they're like, well, can we buy some? And I was like, Oh no, I'll just make you some. I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know how to charge for dog treats, you know? <laughs> And then my husband's like, what are you talking about? If they want to buy them, let them buy them. And it's like, oh, okay. And so then we did a stint at the farmer's market that was really well received. And then we got the truck and we hit the road really in an abbreviated version. It was a lot of, uh, a lot of Craigslist shopping and talking and dreaming and uh, mm -hmm. not sure if it would work or not. I mean, it's kind of a, a nutty concept. Um, but it worked out. And here we are now five years as of Saturday into the Barkery. That's so cool. So you, if for those of you who haven't been to our website, you basically have a food truck, right? For yes. dog treats. But yes. it looks like you also have coffee for the humans. We do, yes. <laughs> we serve coffee for humans. Um, and we have some like pre-packaged pastry items. The human menu is very small. The dog menu is all made by us and very our, our main focus. Um, and we have since we're now at three locations and we're working on a fourth that we're going to open in January. So Seattle was uh, the city to do this in for sure. Yeah, it sounds like the perfect thing for Seattle. So you have um, three or four different vehicles or does that vehicle travel? Buster, our treat truck, which is our original, still goes around multiple times a week. Um, mm -hmm. Right now in the winter months, it's a little less. There's just not enough events to do um we have the a treat trailer that is permanently parked at magnuson off-leash park mm -hmm. uh so we have a uh we pay magnuson park a check every month or the Sid parks department um but it lives there and um then we have a treat bar location inside of dogwood play park which is an indoor dog park for dogs and a bar for humans that's perfect. <laughs> and they do, they have a doodle uh, meetup once a month that is very well attended. So we definitely see a lot of doodles around here. Is and our kitchen is based here as well at Dogwood. Okay. So the Dogwood one has the doodle romps, the doodle yes, together? Yeah. Uh, first Saturday of every month. 
Cool. Have- First Saturday. I bet if there's a doodle owner in Seattle, they're probably there. <laughs> At least, didn't there used to be one at Magnuson too? I feel like I that is in my head. Be. Yes. Um, randomly, there'll be like a corgi meetup or a Frenchie meetup or a doodle meetup, but I'm not sure how, if, if it's the same day every month or I'm not in the know. I just suddenly was like, what is going on? There's like a thousand Frenchies here. <laughs> So based on what you see in Seattle, how common does it seem that doodles are? Very common. Oh, my gosh. Even I mean, actually, we have a newly adopted guy, Bert, and he has some poodle in him, too. I would never I would never give him the flattery of being called a doodle because I'm sure <laughs> he laughed out of the doodle romp. But there's definitely some poodle in there. Um but I mean, they're just such great dogs. They're so easy going. I mean, if you're going to have kids, it's a great, it just seems like it's, it's such an even temperament. They seem just so easy going. They're great customers because they love all the treats. <laughs> they're pretty yeah. easy in the treat department. So um, we, we see a lot of them. So your experience with Doodle so far has been mostly positive? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've never, I mean, the Doodle Romp is just like the biggest, goofiest, group of dogs I've ever seen I love it I love working it (laughs) yeah they look so goofy as they're like jumping around with their fluffy little coats yes (laughs) yes they're very happy breed so I'm wondering as a non-doodle person um what have you heard about labradoodles and golden doodles what what are the rumors floating around you know what if someone was asking you should I get a doodle so this is like a quiz (laughs) Um, gosh, I wouldn't know if I'm a a breed expert, you know, back when we had our dog care service, um, we didn't have, we had some poodle mixes, but we didn't have any doodles. I feel like they weren't prevalent in, in the dog community yet. Like there, there seems to be fads. Like, um, you don't see, um, what was the pug beagle, the, the puggle. Puggle. You don't ever see puggles anymore. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's weird kind of highs and lows, like the it breed. Um, and right now I feel like it's doodles, but I wouldn't say anything wrong. They just seem like they're easygoing and great with kids. And aren't they hypoallergenic or is that a, a rumor? Well, that's a, that is probably one of the rumors. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like talking about this because if there's a new doodle person or someone thinking about doodles listening, it's important for them to know. So hypoallergenic is kind of a a marketing term. Um, I've, I've had some people argue saying, well, hypo means low. It doesn't mean zero. So if you're going to, you know, take that uh, perspective, then yes, some doodles can be, uh, be less uh, aggravating to allergies, but most of that comes from the poodle side, right? The poodle doesn't shed at all. And people who are allergic to dogs are allergic to a certain protein found in the dander or in the saliva of dogs or both. And some dogs just produce more of that, regardless of what they are. I had a coworker once who was allergic to a poodle. And so, you know, didn't shed, but yet she broke out in hives. So you mix a poodle with a different breed that does shed. It's just as likely that the shedding genes are going to transfer into the puppy or a particular puppy as the non-shedding genes are. Usually in that first generation where that came from a poodle and another breed parent, um, at least half are going to be shedding. I don't think we yeah. have any solid statistics. Um, so it's it's one of those things that when there are reputable breeders who've been doing this a long time and they're honest, people aren't going to get what they didn't expect. At the same time, they're, because they're popular, 
everybody and their cousin is breeding them and they're not as knowledgeable. And so all the time I hear people who say, well, the breeder didn't tell me this dog was going to shed and yeah. now I'm allergic. And that's just sad because some, a lot of these dogs have to be rehomed. Sure. Because, yeah. And for the most part, because labs and poodles and golden retrievers are like amiable kind of dogs and they're friendly and people oriented for the most part, you're going to get dogs that are similar, but there are still a lot that end up in rescue because of temperament issues or aggression. And those are probably the ones that don't show up at doodle romps. <laughs> yeah, right. So for those listening who are sort of not familiar familiar with doodles or just thinking about doodles, it's important to pick a really good breeder. Um, and we have some guidelines on our website about that. And know that hypoallergenic is kind of a myth. Um, health conditions that are in either of those breeds can be passed down if they're not tested for and um, you don't get it from a reputable breed reputable breeder. And there are also several doodle rescue organizations. So if you want to do the rescue route, that's also very poss possible. Okay. So yeah, there, there really isn't a lot in the rescue spectrum though. Right. I mean, I feel like you wouldn't, you wouldn't just go to your local shelter and be like, Oh, I could pick from five labs or five doodles. I mean, it would be rare. It probably would go really quickly because people yeah. would be desired breed that is that's a really good point and i think in washington we have very few kill shelters and yeah. and they're very popular and when i look i look all the time on pet finder trying to find doodles and it's rare it's rare every now and then they do come up um but there there's eye dog rescue and that is a national rescue with fosters sprinkled throughout the usa they often have doodles in need um, and doodle rescue collective. They also are a national rescue with fosters sprinkled throughout the USA. So there are rescue organizations. Poodle rescues often end up taking in doodles. Golden retriever rescues will take in doodles. Um, and then, you know, random shelter dogs do show up sometimes or in more um, smaller rescues, local rescues sometimes do get doodles too. So it's possible. Just got to keep your eye out. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but I like that you asked that. Okay, so tell me about the kind of treats that you have. Are there, like, is there a really popular one that everybody loves? Yes, it's kind of, um, it kind of changes. Our, one of our signatures was our cheesy donut and our bacon cupcake. And those seem to be the go-tos for a first-timer. And those are always great. Um, we've had those recipes the longest. But now more and more they're turning, um, we do our own chicken heart and mm. duck neck and um my husband ben he does all of those uh our primal offerings if, if you will and um those are getting more and more of a following like um we have people that will be uh, like physically upset if we're out of chicken hearts which is really strange because well you know we can only carry so much at any location it's two people making it all so we're doing our best here but um the chicken hearts seem to be the most like he loves those. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> we, have more we have 12 other items, you know, or <laughs> many, but um, so I would say it seems the chicken hearts and then we have a PB paw cookie, which is like a doggy gingerbread. And that seems to be really popular too, like hard to keep in stock, but then we have seasonal things. Um, the pumpkin pie is like kind of going to be the hot thing right now. And then we do, um, you know, pumpkin pretzels. So I think when people kind of change their flavorings in the season, so does their dog. <laughs> right. Whether it's 
dog wants it or not. <laughs> You're going to go into fall with pumpkin, yeah, doggy. All bandanas. We're all having pumpkin. That's how how it's so funny how far we've come as a society from the 80s where dogs were mostly yeah. in the backyard to like, my dog only likes this <laughs> flavor. How can you not have it? Yes. We are, we've got spoiled doggies, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm up for it. Totally. And I see that you have cakes, like full on birthday style cakes too. Yes, we do a lot of cakes. Um, we do a generic cake um, that we wholesale and then we do custom cakes with like a name banner and then you can kind of pick you know, if you want to add a picture or their age or a chicken foot on top, you could do that. Um, people can get really wild um, <laughs> and I'm all for it. I kind of like the creativity of it. And, you know, I always strive to, to knock it out of the park. I think in five years, I've only had two people upset about, I missed the mark. They did not like the way it looked. And, um, you know, which made me feel horrible because I really thought I, I try to nail it every time. I, I yeah. don't try to disappoint people with their dog's birthday cake, but, um, you know, we've done thousands. Um, last year alone, we did 1500. We're on course to do 2000 this year. Um, so I guess if I only know that two have been upset, then that's not so bad. Yeah, that's like 99% happy customers. Were you much of a baker before starting the barkery? No, I like to cook. Yeah. Um, and that's another, it's like, well, it doesn't have to look perfect for dogs, right? But, um, I've gotten it perfected over the years. Um, dogs seem less threatening than making for people. Um, but in a way, they're not because at least people might lie to you and say they like it. Dogs just will not have it if they don't want it they're not liking the way it, it smells or tastes they're not having it so um so yeah i guess i mean it's weird to say i'm a baker that sounds strange to me still but but i am do you taste the products yeah 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 yeah. we've tried everything we we um bake grain free so we use a garbanzo flour and that is was a little i like garbanzo beans but the flour by itself is is um has like a bitter taste to it, but when it bakes, it's fine. But that took me a little while to adjust to, because it does, even though it's grain free, it has a grainy texture or a sandy mm -hmm. texture. So that took a little bit of getting used to, but um, my mom has a friend who's uh, gluten-free and she orders the treats. And I said, mom, I can't be, you know, we're licensed <laughs> for pets. I can't be feeding all your friends dog treats, you know? <laughs> But um, she's like, oh, just make her more or just give her, you know, like all she needs to do is use garbanzo flour and whatever she does. But um, so she was eating them herself like yeah. a human. Yeah, she asked me for treats, you know, grain free. Oh, funny. I can't remember this gal's name. And I said, oh, OK. And in my mind, I thought, oh, she just wants to give some of her friends some dog treats for yeah. her dog. And I said, well, like two or three rounds of this. I said, what kind of dog does she have? She, goes, she doesn't have a dog. These are for her. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> are they like in you know some tiny town out in the boondocks um no they're just an hour they live in marysville just an oh. hour yeah i'm yeah. sure there's like a hundred gluten-free bakeries in seattle I, yeah yeah <laughs> i mean, be better maybe getting them free for me was was better but, yeah that's funny but we cut her off since mm. we'll have to make <laughs> sorry no more dog treats for you human Okay, so I'm wondering, I want to, because you mentioned dog walking, yeah. and I've always been curious about that. I feel like I'm a dietitian in my everyday life, and I, sometimes I'm like, I should just 
quit all this and just go walk dogs. But I have this aversion to walking dogs that aren't trained. Like if they're going to, you know, I imagine like three dogs in each hand and they're pulling me down the street and like, you know, dragging me. Typical um, scenario. Yes. What uh, was that like? Was it difficult? Did you feel like you had to be physically strong to manage these dogs? Yeah. I mean, you will, you know, you of course would do your initial meet and greet or consultation with them and like make sure. And, you know, we did both. We did walks and or like group dog park trips. And um, I think it's more physical going to the dog park because you do have to like wrangle in six dogs out of your van. And then there's always a wild card in the bunch that won't listen. And um, so walking to me was always a joy because it would more or less be one-on-one or just a couple of dogs that lived in the same neighborhood because you wouldn't want to pick up a dog drive over to someone else, pick up another, and then walk from there. Sometimes you would, I guess, if you were running out of time. Um, But ideally, it was just more calming. You could kind of just think. And during the day, there's not a ton of people out walking their dog. You know, you get lots of people walking in the morning before work or right after work. Um, And same at the dog park. The middle of the day, it's all dog walkers for the most part. Um, And you get to know each other and you get to help each other. And it's a really great community. And of course you have some bad days. I mean, I have somebody left some, their poop in the sidewalk from their dog and it was a rainy day and I like slipped and fell. Luckily you carry cleaning supplies as a dog walker, but it's like, oh, that's just gross. And now I got a, I got like four more stops to make today. So those kind of things, um, you'd quickly know if this dog is not, if this is going to be a nightmare, then you're just going to have to say, this isn't going to work out. I don't feel safe. I don't feel like I'm safe with your dog and people can get really hurt feelings because it's kind of judging their their kid but Mm -hmm. there's a way to say it correctly you know like this just isn't a good fit for for all of us you know I I'm not strong enough or I don't have the knowledge to handle this you know and I I think people don't want to put their dog in a dangerous situation so they're a little bit honest you know little keywords like he's really rambunctious or he really likes to jump. And then you're like, Oh, that means he's crazy and won't listen to me. Um, so you'd have to be willing to walk away, I guess, you know, but for the most part, they're great. I mean, they're just like your dogs, house dogs or Mm -hmm. domesticated dogs are pretty easy and they all love going for a walk. And they're always excited to see you because you mean a walk, you mean a treat and you become their best friend. You're, you're not the, the rule maker really, you know, you're just the fun aunt that gets to come and, you know, give them this, this prize in the middle of the day. Yeah. How fun. (laughs) I keep thinking maybe when I'm older, but then when I'm older, I'll probably not be as. (laughs) There's a lot of older dog walkers and people that come to the dog park, um, that they'll have just like their neighborhood dogs and take four or five and they do that once a day. And and they probably make like a hundred dollars a day just doing that and just get I mean, I don't know if they're reporting it or if they have a business license, but they probably do just fine on the little, you know, being the the little dog nanny in the neighborhood, which will probably be how I end up. But, um, but yes, I always enjoy it, but it's hard to get out of. Like when we, we've officially transitioned to the Barkery, we have both businesses. We were waning down assembly of dog and people are like, where are you going? What's happening? Why can't you, you know? And it's like, well, we're starting this and, And once, you know, it felt like you were breaking up with somebody sometimes because you've been with these dogs for years, but it's like, we, we gotta, we gotta go with something that we can really, we really could potentially expand. And we, 
we plateaued at dog walking, you know, we can't keep raising our rates and, you know, this is kind of it. And it was comfortable, but the winters are tough because it's oh, wet, yeah. dark, and you got to bring towels and you got to, it's just, it can be, you're earning every penny in the Seattle winter, you know, it's just tough. And you got to bring them home and then dry them all off. <laughs> it's just like That's a true. Deal. So, and dogs love puddles. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a little bit more work. You know, the, the summer sunny time is like dream time to be a dog walker. You got a tank top on, you're getting a tan. Yeah. It sounds like a job for Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Than- you probably have it the best. Yes. Totally. Except the traffic. You'd have to get all the dogs in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, I have to think about, yeah. should I do it here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's the right thing for me, but sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, just walking dogs. I could just do that. <laughs> for- I think now with like Rover and WAG, like people will try it out to see if they would ever want to. I think that's, I know a lot, there's a horror stories with, with these types of businesses, but I think there's a lot of good too. And if you really care about animals, it's, it's a good way to test the waters and then you don't have to like get your own business license and commit to having this business. If you're like, mm, I'm not, this isn't going to work for me. Then, then you're, you know, you tried it out for a few weeks and made some money, but they're not out a dog walker and you're not out all of these business expenses. Which That's is- true. I forgot about Rover. So if any yeah. of you doodle people out there <laughs> don't have to work, but just want something fun to do, maybe give yeah. that a try. Yeah. So your barkery is at seattlebarkery.com. I yes. just looked at seattlebarkery.com. Yes. So go check it out if you're in that area or if you have friends in that area, send them yeah. over. Anything else you'd want our doodle owners to know about the barkery or dog treats or anything like that? Um, no, just keep on keeping on. Uh, you know, dog culture is definitely changing as we talked about. And I, I think we are a trend. We get, um, we're a trend that is spreading. I mean, whoever is listening out of Washington state, you, you most likely know of a dog treat truck somewhere. I know of one in Indiana, one in Alabama, there's one in Texas, um, there's one in Colorado, there's one in Australia. Um, we get calls all the time of people saying they want to do it. I don't know if we're the best um, advocate for it because once I divulge like how many hours we put in, um, you know, it's not just a fun weekend job for us. Uh, we do this 70 hours a week, but we have three locations. We have a staff of six, we have wholesale accounts. Um, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. So yeah. I probably wouldn't be your best example, but I'm sure there's somebody else that's a little more relaxed that does it better than me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, if you have the entrepreneur heart, there's this meme you may have seen at some point that says, you know, the entrepreneur is the one who quits their 40 hour a week job working for someone else so they can work 80 hours a week for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I have not seen that, but I do need, well, it's me. And then I'm, I'm my worst critic, you know, I told you, I'm still thinking about these two people that were upset about the cake, cakes. Um, I probably think about it daily, you know, like little things like that. I just really want to get right. So um, it does drive me crazy, but um, I love it too. And I love the happiness with it and the joy that dogs bring us all and the gift to share them. I have a whole bulletin board in my kitchen of thank you notes of like, 
last hurrah cakes and goodbye cakes and you know things like that that it make it feels really special to be a part of a celebration of something that people love so much yeah it sounds like your heart and soul is in it so i wish you the best of luck and hope that you grow even if you want yeah, <laughs> and we'll take it. why not <laughs> continue enjoying it thanks so much for being here yeah. don um yeah, thank you and go check out the seattle barkery yes please Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Doodle Kisses podcast. If you have any ideas or recommendations for future topics or guests, send me an email at admin at doodlekisses.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at doodlekisses.com. Also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts so you can have every episode ready to listen to as soon as it comes out. The show notes will link you to our GoFundMe page as well as links to some of the things we discussed in today's episode. Talk to you next time on the next episode of the Doodle Kisses podcast.